You're listening to CPR. My name is Rex. And I'm Josh, and we're here to talk about comedy, politics, and religion. Now, the title might be a little bit confusing because we're not strictly a medical podcast. Um, we're not actually in any form of medical podcast. But Sorry to disappoint you guys. Yeah. Comedy, politics, and religion are kind of the things that Josh and I talk about just on a day-to-day basis whenever we hang out. So we figured that we would record some of our discussions on some more important topics. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we just like talking, and why not share it with the world because we're incredibly profound. What is our first topic for the day, Josh? Um, so I was thinking we could maybe talk about China and how oppressive the government is. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's an excellent topic for discussion, especially with certain uh, China-related events going on in the world. Absolutely. So um, I, I read an article, and it was talking about how the Chinese government deceived the world about the realities of the coronavirus. Um, what are your thoughts about that, Rex? I think it's an interesting and kind of scary thing that uh, the government is able to keep that much information secret. I don't think that any government should be able to hide things like that from its citizens, and I think that can put us in a really dangerous position. Absolutely. Uh, there was a report by the uh, U.S. and a couple other intelligence agencies um, that um, China lied purposefully about human-to-human tr- transmission that people can contract the disease by um, being next to somebody else that has it. Oh, okay. And it's kind of scary that, and they stockpile like the masks and mm-hmm. the um, different uh, medical equipment so that they would be able to sell them at the higher at higher prices. They're basically scalpers, you know. Yeah, there's a there's been a lot of scalping going on. It seems with. The whole virus situation, (laughs) toilet paper, even uh, such non-essential items as Nintendo Switches I've seen scalped. Really? Yeah. um, People are buying, people are actually buying them out. I I don't know if you've seen anything about this, but there was a, um, on eBay, the Switch, which normally costs like $300, is now going for, uh, I think, five to six hundred. Oh my goodness. And the special edition Animal Crossing Switch that just came out is going for seven to eight hundred dollars on eBay. Wow. It's like, it's ridiculous. Man, I I wish I had one. I would just sell mine. Yeah, you you could probably make a good profit. I think a lot of people are selling, um, because they released a new version of the Switch uh, a few months ago that has a better battery. And so people are selling their old Switches and making money. And then I think when the prices drop again, they're just going to buy the new ones with the better battery and stuff. Mm. See, that's what you should do. I, I would, but I don't have a Switch, sadly. Oh man, come on, Rex. So, uh, um, also, um, kind of back to China a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's, there was, um, like worshippers. I, I read somewhere that there were worshippers that, um, were getting together, and then they were just worshiping, and then uh, government officials, like armed government officials, broke in and just started, um, dragging a guy off, and like they oh, were wow. fighting off the congregants and stuff like that. And I think it's interesting because I, I wonder what it's like there. I don't know in China if they have any restrictions on like the the amount of people that can gather in one place. Um, but I know that like even before the virus, church meetings were pretty much illegal in China. So I don't know how that's impacted the Chinese church if they had to really change anything or what that deal has been. Yeah. I think there's a there's a s- official state religion that you have to basically you have to let the government run your church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, I think, and that's the only like quote legal way I think you're supposed to have church, but um, I don't know too much about it, but I think it's really watered down and stuff like that. Yeah, probably no, uh, anti, uh, totalitarian thinking allowed. I'm sure. (laughs) Absolutely not. There was a, a journalist last week. I think that, um, he was sentenced to, I think it was 15 years in a uh, prison just because he uh, wrote a blog. Um, Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. About the negative blog about the government. It was, um, so he got 15 years in prison. So can you imagine if someone wrote, like, a negative blog about, like, Trump or something like that, <laughs> and he sentenced them to 15 years in prison? That would be, <laughs> that would be a little ridiculous, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Can can you imagine um, having like rules like that in America? How we're so used to being able to say whatever we want, and then yeah. just we get. I mean, this hopefully couldn't happen, but we get somebody in that was like, "You can't say anything against the government." Blah blah blah. Yeah, it it's amazing to me how much things have changed even now, though, um, because people are so people are so okay with like government intervention. It seems now. Um, but like back in the 1700s, they put a 3% tax on tea and we started murdering British soldiers. And then now people are like, oh yeah, you can take this. <laughs> it's so funny how complacent people are. Yeah. What was it, Bernie's like, we'll take half your income. <laughs> They're like, people, yeah. Bernie for president. So we are obviously not socialists here. I am a um, Republican and... Um, I'm supportive of Trump. Rex, you are. I am uh, an anarcho-capitalist libertarian. Uh, um, what's libertarian that in English? Uh, anarcho-capitalism is basically uh, the belief that uh, you should uh, hashtag end the Fed or just just get rid of the government because it's not necessary. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime, so I'm not like super get rid of the government all the time, but. I do think there are a lot of things that we can be doing better, even without completely abolishing the government. So you, be, you, um, at this point, you are in support of as little government as possible, right? Yeah, pretty much. And so I bet this, um, the I don't know, kind of overreach with the government recently with the stay at home just b- makes your blood boil, doesn't it? Um, it, it it doesn't bug me as much as I think it probably should. Uh, but I think the biggest problem with the the whole stay-at-home stuff is that with every other disease, pretty much, other than, um, like, I get that people were quarantined during, like, Ebola and stuff like that if they had the disease. But the complete shutdown of everything, I think that's kind of where the problem comes in because it used to be that if you had a disease, it was down to personal responsibility to stay inside and prevent yourself from spreading it and in dangerous cases then specific people with it were quarantined but not everybody and i think that's the the scary part about all this yeah and also it's it's kind of it's really scary that the government was able to move so quickly and people are afraid they're scared to go out into their homes yeah or out of their homes not for sure um but and that the government was able to uh, put place so much, uh, so many restrictions so quickly, and I mean now we see that it was um, some would argue as a necessary measure, but in the future, 
if we get somebody else in office and how easy would it be for them to do something for maybe a less serious uh, event yeah it, it would it's really just a, a slippery slope i think in that case uh, i don't know if you heard about this but i heard a quote from trump and i did check the context because i think context is important for a lot of things yeah let me see what the quote is because it kind of it kind of scared me uh what was it about it was about uh he was talking about so um a reporter from cnn was questioning him about whether governors were being cooperative and whether any governors had been um had not been following his instructions and he was talking about how they were um very cooperative for the most part um but what specifically um yeah i'll uh find the quote in a second and talk about it but yeah it's a he said if i can find the oh there we go when somebody's president of the united states the authority is total and that's the way it's got to be and i think that is a bit of an overreach um, cause the point of having mul especially the point of having multiple branches of government, I, I just don't agree with that at all. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if that was necessarily the best thing to say. Um, obviously we have to have the separation of powers, but, um, he is the commander in chief and, uh, people are, uh, saying this as a, a kind of a wartime type, type, um, situation not necessarily the exact same thing um that's what i think in his mind he's equating it to and that's why um his role in commander in chief is kind of coming out that kind of ultimate authority and i'm not saying that is right i yeah. kind of disagree with that um but i don't think that um that the president has zero power Oh yeah, I I I totally agree. I he doesn't have zero power at all. I think the and from the context he's saying just in this situation that he has total authority. Okay. But I think the cuz I had to look it up because it does just sound like he's saying, "Oh, I can do whatever I want," See which there. is just straight up not true. But if you look at it in context, he's just saying, "In this specific situation with the virus, I can do I can pretty much have control of this situation." Um Personally, I don't think there should be any situation where one person has all of that power, but I can definitely see where he's coming from. I don't know that I agree entirely, but I can, I, I understand why he made the point the way he did, even if I think it could have been done better. Um, so we want to move on to our, uh, we, I had another thing as, mm -hmm. um, more of the religious nature, um, is talking about evolution. Oh yeah, and yeah. Let's talk about that. It's um, just become so widely accepted in our culture today. Oh, this is what happened. Yeah, for sure. And even a, a lot of Christians I know have accepted it as the fundamental truth, um, and uh, when which it blatantly um, contradicts the Bible. Um, I mean, there there are those that believe in the evolutionary uh, the God uh, started the. Um, started the process of evolution mm -hmm. but um just evolution by itself without god um is what i was gonna talk about right here yeah it's all based on the operational science it's uh, the science that involves the observable things that's what um 
it's basically the scientific method. Okay, got it. So got it. if I knock on Rex's head right now, he will say, ow. I mean, that's kind of observable right now. Yeah. So it does hurt, and that is observable. Um, evolution, un- um, I don't want to say unfortunately, but is not necessarily observable in the macro sense the macro evolution mm-hmm. is the changing of one animal kind to another animal kind like a rex turning into a penguin or something like that which i only do on tuesdays um but that's not evolution that's a different thing entirely and then there's the micro evolution like a bluebird like over lots of time like changing colors to fit in with his environment if he moves to somewhere where it's snowing turns yeah. white that's the thing that's always funny to me is whenever I read about like Darwinism or the origin um, of Darwin or the origin of Darwin or Darwinism or the origin of species, it's just so funny to me that the immediate jump was taken, or maybe it wasn't an immediate jump, but it was like, oh, this bird can change colors. Oh, this bird can turn into a giraffe. It's just like, it's such such a big stretch taking such a small thing and equating it um and i think that's just part of being human is trying to extrapolate data that we really have no proof for and then it's like oh this could probably do this (laughs) so yeah and like there there are a couple fundamental things of evolution that um are they're just things that you have to believe in order to believe in evolution and they're really things that are just kind of like you have to make a big jump in logic. It was like um, in order for the genetic code to change from one species to another, um, you have to change uh, it fundamentally. It doesn't like change just like some a couple things like if there's like an accident or a mutation or something yeah. like that, you don't sprout a limb, an extra limb. For sure. Like if you had a mutation, do you th- Rex, do you think you could sprout a tail right now? I don't know. I've never had a mutation before. Um, well, we should try that tomorrow. Yeah? Let's just go to the to a lab of some kind, get our genes mutated. Mm. I like my genes. They're pretty comfortable. Yeah, nice denim. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, like, a bird is just a bird. Like, it can be a little bird or a big bird or... As we back birds, sorry, that's an inside joke. Um, <laughs> but what? Let's. What about say, similar features? What? Why? Why are there so many similar features between creatures like birds and say, like if we look back, a lot of scientists talk about like flying dinosaurs and stuff like that. As in similar features, do you mean like wings? Like wings, for example. That's a, a really easy comparison. Like. Why Why not just have birds as the only creatures with wings? Well, I mean, that's that's a good point. But there's also the point there, like, almost every, there's every land creature has feet and legs and stuff like that. So it's like, why would humans, uh, God could just make humans to have, be the only ones with legs or arms or something like that. Yeah. Which, um, there, are some, there are a lot of similarities, that's true. But there's also a lot of dissimilarities. I hope that's a word. It is. (laughs) Um, Which uh, just bar things from being able to make that transition. Yeah. Like um, the flying dinosaurs, the, how how do you say the petrodon? Pterodactyl? That's right. Petrodon? (laughs) I don't know what What I was going for. What is a (laughs) petrodon? 
I don't know. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> pterodactyl. That's it. <laughs> um, uh, just like there's also the huge size difference, and then there's the mm, the thought that they were probably not covered with feathers. Um, that's for fair. the most part. And, um, like if you started growing feathers right now, I'd be really concerned, but fortunately we don't really have to worry about that too much. Just as a clarification for the viewers, I'm not an evolutionist or anything. I do have extreme political opinions, but for the most part, I'm relatively sane. Um, see, that's what he wants you to believe. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, will be for the most part i think on our podcast if we have discussions like this one i think i'm going to be playing more of the devil's advocate just to add some intrigue because josh has a lot more knowledge on topics like this than i do that's a lie uh it's not a lie um so josh did you just call me a liar by the way um absolutely i'm basically going to be serving the purpose of taking the discussion from different angles because i know on a lot of podcasts it's really easy for things to become one-sided so if if we don't have this balance it, it can get pretty boring pretty quickly um but i do like hearing podcasts where people have very differing opinions because i think that can add a lot of interesting stuff mm-hmm. so rex you just had to be different didn't you i sure did um so like the evolutionist um claim that um, you just kicked my foot is that your bad foot yeah I, oh oh okay. i'll kick your good foot so um this is a quick side note i crashed on my bike and then um my dad also dislocated his shoulder this past week so it's been kind of a difficult what is the deal uh, yeah <laughs> a difficult week <laughs> you guys are us. all just falling apart <laughs> um so we went to a snow cone place and then so i'm like limping because i and i have bandages <laughs> all over me i look like a mummy and then my dad has his arm in um a sling and then we walk up and the guy in the line in front of us he like turns around and he looks at us and he's like you guys must have had a hard work week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's we're, great. We're like, to say the least. So he ends up buying our snow cone. And wow. So that was really nice. How and, generous. And as we are um, waiting in line, or waiting afterwards for our snow cone, I got a grape snow cone for those of you who care. Oh, yes. The the, the most important details of Yes, the story. of course. So he starts talking to us, and so he turns to my dad, and he's like, also, well, how did you, how did you dislocate your shoulder? Did you, like, um, did you, like, were you working out, or you got work? Doing? And my dad's like, no, I was uh, sleeping, and I just woke up with it. What? <laughs> yeah. So, um. How? Uh, we, how did that happen? Oh, I don't know. Um, but, my, uh, so this guy was obviously really disappointed. <laughs> Um, I would be too. <laughs> and then he turns to me and he's like, well, what happened to you, huh? Did Were you like in a mountain bike accident <laughs> or, or um, trailblazing? I'm like, no, I was just going down the street and fell over. <laughs> so this guy was like really regretting buying our snow cone at this point, probably. <laughs> he was expecting you guys to be like some adrenaline junkies. And it's just like, I fell off my bike. <laughs> yeah, he was expecting to... Um, parachute accident skydiving something like that so yeah, yeah th we left that guy kind of disappointed he kind of he's like oh all right um and then he starts to describe all the ways he's gotten injured he's like <laughs> this really buff guy he got like scars all over him but that was just i just thought that was kind of funny free snow cones with deception <laughs> absolutely anyway back to um i don't know how i got on to that um oh 
Rex kicked me. That's it. So back to the (laughs) mutations. Um, So evolutionists, they claim that mutations like help help species like um, are beneficial. Um, But the interesting thing is that we have never seen a beneficial mutation ever. Uh Excuse you. There's the those people with the um, what's the the thing where you have two different colored eyes? That's that's sick. I think that's a pretty beneficial mutation. Um, sure. No. <laughs> what do you mean? That's so cool. Have you seen that? Like the people with one blue eye and one brown eye? Um, I can't say that I have. That's dope. You should look up pictures of people with two different eye colors. But it's like, really cool. Does that help them in any way? It doesn't hurt them. It's cool. Oh, my goodness. Rex, you're destroying my analogy point. And uh, uh, if we're talking beneficial mutations, then what about stuff like changing color? Obviously, that's a microevolution situation, but isn't it easy to say, well, what if something could maybe develop an extra limb or something like that? Well, um, that's a good point, um, but that's um, the changing the color. That is actually not a mutation. It's just... There, it's an adaption. A mutation is a change in the fundament, uh, the fundamental uh, DNA. The change in color is just a surface change. Like you don't change like the bone structure, or you don't change oh, so like, like the nervous system or something. So like it's that. like hair. How different alleles give you different hair colors instead of different alleles give you different numbers of arms. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Got it. It's like, so like, what about? Um, Shoot, I had uh, an example, and I was going to ask, um, and I forgot what it was. So it's like if you eat a lot of carrots, then you turn orange like Donald Trump. Yes, exactly like that. I thought it was Cheetos, but carrots work too. Well, yeah. <laughs> Dang um, it, what was I going to ask? <laughs> I don't know. It was probably really important. It, it, no, it probably wasn't important, but... Oh, <laughs> uh, well, rand- the random changes of a mutation... act. Actually, they um, they have been documented to always degrade uh, specified information, like like a fly. You give a fly a mutation, like the only thing you could make it have not wing or not have any wings. That would not help it That's at all. That's a walk, as the old joke goes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> or like if it doesn't have any legs, then that would be that would be a mutation, but it wouldn't help the fly at all. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's look at the. I just remembered what I was gonna say. Let's look at the example of like the the easy jump that everybody seems to make from like monkeys to humans. That seems like it should be a pretty easy step that wouldn't require too much uh, mutation to get to. So why is that not a valid explanation? Um, well, the monkeys to humans. Um, so there are a lot of fundamental differences, and actually, um, like in chromosome count it's actually interesting uh humans are more closely related to um in the chromosome count to tobacco plants than they are to monkeys they're interesting really far removed from monkeys in that way but other um other things monkeys um have thumbs on the like the sides of their hands it comes out oh okay and um it's a completely different bone structure got it humans obviously Unless you're Rex, then you have a thumb that comes out. Rex, are you a monkey? No, my thumb comes out of my elbow. Monkeys don't have that. Oh, I wondered what that was. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Everybody thinks it's just a growth, but it's like, that's my thumb. It's not opposable, though. It's really difficult. Oh. <laughs> 
How do you wear long sleeves? I don't. Oh, you just cut a hole. It's <laughs> like something. a little hole with the thumb <laughs> sticking out. Oh boy. Sadly, this is not a video podcast because we're making all sorts of gestures yeah, and Rex fun is stuff. Raising his elbow right now. It's real exciting stuff. You you should be disappointed that you're missing out. Yeah. Um, also, um, <laughs> life life cannot come from non-life. That, um, that really? Has, yeah. So like, if Rex takes that uh, that pencil over there. He cannot make it come to life. Yeah. No matter how much he tries. And I don't have a life either, so it's like nothing that I do can really create life. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so if I try to get, um, create life for you out of non-life, does that not work? Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what you just said in my head, and that's not working. Probably not, no. Mm, okay. I hope that made sense, and I'm not just talking gibberish. I don't think it made sense, but maybe it did. I'll have to listen back later. All right. Well, you know, whatever. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> like, even if a, a scientist create uh, life out of non-life, like in a lab or something mm-hmm. like that, in Wuhan. It doesn't have to be in Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It could be, though. Um, but that would just prove that it requires intelligence to make life. Yeah. I mean... And that kind of leaves us with, well, if it didn't come with life uh, from non-life, what does it come from? And we'll get back to that next week. When we have Stephen Hawking on the show to talk with us. Absolutely. We believe in the resurrection power of Jesus. Yes. We, we are not holding a seance. We're not that kind of Christian. Bummer. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think it's really a bummer. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, we had some viewer questions. And yes. also, if you have any questions, submit them to Rex and Josh CPR at gmail.com. That is Rex and Josh CPR at gmail.com. And once we have more money to put towards this podcast, we'll get a an easier email address. Absolutely. Like if you want to donate, that would be great. Except don't because we don't know what to do with money at this point. We need mic stands. That's about it. <laughs> All right, our uh, re, um, peer questions we have um, from Kyle in South Carolina. He has a great question. Is it possible to genetically mutate trees to grow money? That actually fits in with what we were just talking about. Josh, would you like to take this one? Absolutely. That, I would classify that as a non-beneficial mutation, so absolutely that would work. See, this is the problem because evolution talks about non-beneficial mutations for the creature itself, but we don't know about beneficial mutations for other creatures. Like, a tree that would grow money is a very beneficial mutation for, say, humans, but Mm -hmm. trees don't have a lot that they can really do with uh, American currency. See, that's what you think, but trees are actually superhumans but who have just evolved into a great uh, better state interesting so hear me out on this josh we're talking about trees growing money but we didn't specify i i know i said american currency but what if it was a radioactive tree that could essentially uh generate say more radioactive isotopes of um a, a metal like uranium or plutonium that could through radioactive decay reach a state of maybe gold or silver um so to break that down into english 
so you want me to bring radioactive material down to my supermarket and try to buy a Lego set or something with that? No. What I'm saying is it would be radioactive at the start. The tree would be generating these radioactive uh, molecules and then radioactive decay shooting out alpha and beta particles. It would become like gold or silver in a non-radioactive state. Could you then say that a tree could grow money? Is that even possible? Um, I don't know. It depends if you classify mon- uh, gold and silver as money. Or are they just precious metals? That's fair. Gold and silver are generally regarded as like as kind of the basis for currency, but I don't know. Because American money isn't necessarily based on gold anymore. Mm-mm. They cheaped out on us. You used to be able to redeem your dollar bills for um, silver, right? Yeah, my dad actually has um, like a silver certificate. It's a $1 bill that's worth exactly a certain weight of silver. Man, he should turn that in. I think it's worth like $20 now. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. It used to be a dollar. Now it's 20 bucks. I mean, if all our dollar bills did that, that would be great. <laughs> I thought we were about to be rich. Um, all right, move, moving on to our next question. We have one from Kayla, also in South Carolina. Ooh, did um, Kayla ask a question? Yes. How do pins work? Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> um. And I don't have the answer to this one. So, Rex, this is up to you. I meant to look this one up. I think there's something um, about the tip of the pen that, like, when there's a a certain amount of pressure on it, it releases ink. But I really don't know um, that I could give a solid answer on that. So we will return to that question next week uh, once I've done some uh, research. We can talk about... Uh, the most popular theory uh, or one of the most popular theories of the beginning of the earth but then we can't tell you how a pin works yeah pretty much (laughs) we'll talk about evolution and politics but technology (laughs) this isn't cptr t stands for technology (laughs) oh yeah okay i'm a homeschool we're homeschoolers if we didn't mention that earlier oh yeah we will be very homeschooled on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) just just to let you know all right, so um, those are all, all of our peer questions at this point. I think we got one from Jed. Uh, In North Carolina. Yes. Jed says, Rex, how do you think this coronavirus will affect the world? All right, I feel like really excluded from that, but go for it. Yes. And you can answer Joanna's question. What was what was that? <laughs> what time does the Zwieback bird migrate to California? <laughs> um... I think we'll skip that <laughs> while you answer Jed's question. Um, all right, Jed, and we'll let Josh share his take on this too. But um, personally, I think that this virus will have a tremendous impact on how willing people are to let the government intervene in their everyday lives. Um, I think it's For kind of positive sk- or negative. Uh, it's hard to say. I think that, is going to be decided by the people at the end of the whole situation because some people are just perfectly okay with everything right now and that's fine they're entitled to their opinion but i don't like it when people's opinions start infringing on other people's rights i think that's a really scary area to be in um so what i'm really hoping is that my leg is really bouncy right now um but what i'm really hoping is that people don't decide to be okay with all of this um 
But I don't know because at the end, people are going to be either choosing, okay, we're allowed with the government having this much say in how our daily lives go, or they're going to be like, hey, I don't like this. Let's say that the government shouldn't have this much power over our lives. And I think that's going to be the decision that people are going to have to make once the situation's all over. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, also, um, just um, there's the aspect of how, how much do you think people are going to um, how, are gonna be like scared from now on like are people not going to want to um, be within six feet I mean obviously I'm within six feet of Rex right now and he's probably giving me the coronavirus right now no I had the flu like right at the beginning but it wasn't corona mm. I think he gave that to me too but you know whatever Thanks, probably Ray. yeah I, I'm good at sharing so um, how generous I sound like a communist now <laughs> All right, um, but also, like, will people, like, restaurant capacity, theater capacity, things like that? Yeah. Are they just going to, like, take out every other seat in theaters and stuff now? That would be really lame. I would cry. Yeah, then I couldn't make dumb comments to the people I'm sitting next to when I'm watching movies. Well, is that about it, you think? I think that's about it. I don't know that I really have a whole lot more to say on the issue. All right. Good job bumping the mic at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Wait, did I? Yeah, you were just like, all right. Oh. <laughs> I have been Rex, and I still am Rex, but we're going away now, so I'm going to say that I've been Rex. Oh, I've been Josh. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the first episode of CPR. Josh and I really hope you enjoyed it, and we had a ton of fun making it. If you'd like to send in questions to be answered on the show, you can email them to rexandjoshcpr at gmail.com, or you can send them to us on Twitter or Instagram, at rexandjoshcpr. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and please tune in next time for episode two of CPR. See ya!